This is um, a continuation of our, uh, what we're calling the Dreamer series. It's a, it's a call or an exaltation was a word Danny used last week, which is a rising up or a challenge for us for 2020 to live God's dream for our lives. It's for the young, the middle-aged, and for those who self-diagnose, as Danny said, who are older as well. And the plan is that God wants us to live for the big dream, his big dream. And that was and is that all nations be blessed, that they will all know what his plan of salvation is. And, so that, and that dream is not done and that we should rise up and actually uh, aim to fulfil that plan. And we look, we're looking at the life of Joseph, a person who is faithful to God, uh, God's plan for his life, and faithful to that big dream. And all of what we've just seen in this cartoon of, uh, of his life, even though all these things happened to him, he says these amazing words, it's God who sent me here. It's God who's put me in this place. Um, if we were to turn to uh, Galatians 3 this morning, um, I've actually got up on the screen here, there's a really good summary of this uh, big dream that God has. <clears throat> this idea that God wants to bless all nations. In verse 7, we read this, Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So the, those who rely on faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. And if we drop down to verse 16, we find that this blessing comes in the form of a seed, not seeds, but a seed. And that seed is, in other words, in his bloodline, is Jesus Christ. And then if we drop down to verse 26, we get this summary of us who have faith and believe in this. So in Christ Jesus, you who are all children of God through faith, for all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise. So the call is to live a life of faith, to live knowing what matters. And here's a quote from Danny last week. You know what matters. Jesus Christ, his plan, his purpose, his life, the eternity that waits for all of us and the people he loves and wants to save, that's the dream. The one thing, the question though that we want to look at over the next two weeks is, what is it that compromises the dream or causes us to be unfaithful to that dream? in our lives. And there's one thing that stands out for me, and that is that, and has great potential to cause us to not be faithful. And that is when our circumstances change. When things in life don't go the way we expect them to. 
And these can be good things or they can be bad things as well. So when circumstances change, how do we stay faithful to the dream? You know, in this summary, we see that Joseph has lots of setbacks and the recent one is the one where uh, Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. You know, in Joseph's life, we could focus on this and think, man, he has lots of setbacks. That's our view, the way we see it. But in God's view, these are steps forward. And that's a challenging thought. You know, he was the favoured son to the slave. Uh, Then he went to to be a slave in Potiphar's house. Then he becomes second in charge. And now there's this other setback where he's gone to prison, but while he's in prison, he rises again to be second in charge in the prison. And then from there, he actually gets elevated to Pharaoh's house, and then he becomes almost in charge of all of Egypt other than Pharaoh. C.S. Lewis says this, Life with God is not immunity from difficulty, but peace in difficulty. It's knowing God is there at work in the situations. So how can we stay faithful and not compromise God's dream? Uh, For us, because he has plans for each of us, and he has plans for all people. So how do we not compromise that or be unfaithful when things are tough or bad? Things might seem unfair or uh, unjust or unjust. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, and we've, Pam has just led us through a time of communion, when Jesus uh, instituted that, began that, he said to, one of them, said to them, one of you is going to actually betray me. And then not, not long after, he said to Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. But Peter's response is, no, no, I won't do that. And all the disciples said, no, we'll, we'll die. But we know within hours... They're denying Jesus. And it gives us a a powerful insight into what the human spirit is like, how quickly we turn when circumstances change. So how do we remain faithful? You know, we are called to live by faith. We know God is pleased when we live by faith. We know that Jesus looked for faith in the people around him. And we know that all of us would love to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. How do we remain faithful? I just want to pause there for a moment. I'm actually going to ask Hannah Hobbs to come up. Now, Hannah um, is um, headed off on a beach mission to Malakuta. And... Um, and so I thought it would be really good just to touch base with Hannah because this, the plans didn't really quite go as they were supposed to go. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, that's quite fair to say, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I've, got a, I've, I've got a few questions that I wanted to ask Hannah. So the first one was, what was the plan? You know, what, what was the aim of Theo's coffee shop? What were you going to do? Um, yeah, so Theo's is with Scripture Union, um, and so pretty much Theo's aims to just reach out to the youth. So we run a youth outreach centre where people can drop in throughout the night, 
all kinds of hours of the night and we pretty much just talk to them no matter who they are or where they come from. Um, we get to know them and build a relationship with them and then just see where that goes from there pretty much. Yep, okay. So for all of us, you know, we've seen it play out on TV what actually happened at Mallacoota with the fires and as has happened in many other places, but particularly Mallacoota was on the news quite a lot. So what happened with the plan? Did, you, um, did the plan continue? Or how did, did it reshape or what actually happened to it? Um, I would have probably liked to stay longer as much as the team would, but from SU's point of view, we had to go to Scripps Union, which are the overseeing company. So we went on the Navy ship on Friday, so a few day, uh, about a week ago, a bit more than a week ago, and we were supposed to stay until yesterday. So we came home a week early, so that didn't go to plan either. But we got to run program normally for the first two days, so we went... Um, and spent time with the locals at the beach, and then we came back and ran the centre like normal. And then, yeah, New Year's Eve, we had to go to, I call it the refugee centre, because that's what it felt like, but just <laughs> the evacuation spot where everyone else was there. Um, and, yeah, so it didn't quite go to plan. We were stuck there for a few days, and then we got out, and then we had to go back, and then eventually went back on the ship. So def definitely didn't go to plan, but we got to run a few nights outreach, and we still got to really help the community in those few days just in different ways to what we thought we would have been doing, so, yep. yeah. Okay, so as things unfolded, you know, it was quite devastating, and um, did you ever feel that your life and the team's lives were at threat? No, I, I didn't think we were, I, I knew we were safe. We had about five fire trucks around the refugee centre, so I knew that we weren't going to die, but the fire was, like, probably 100 or 200 metres away from us, so it did come quite close, a few metres away from our tents, but... Yeah, I, I thought we were fine. I don't know. The, the, the way they went... <laughs> 100 or 200 metres away, I reckon you could have cooked your sausage. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, so obviously that wasn't too difficult for you. <laughs> what we, was we the, had the beach if all failed. We were just going for a swim, yeah. so that's all right. What was, what was the most difficult thing about, the, about it? Um, probably not having any control over what happened. I mean, we oh, can't okay. exactly stop fires or do anything like that. So... Yeah, just, I guess, and also trying to find ways to somehow help the people that were there, even though it's, I don't know how you can really help them at this time, but just trying to find little ways that we could help them, even though it wasn't running our normal program or things like that. So that was kind of difficult, but... Yep. So two very quick questions then. Did you sense God's presence? I think so, because some of the, we got to go and buy groceries for people and help them in the refugee centre and just do all sorts of things, go to the op shop and just give people clothes and give people things. And I think that if we would have just stuck to our normal program, obviously you wouldn't have been able to help maybe the middle-aged or older demographic as well. So we got to really help them and they got to really... And they were like, oh, where are you from? What are you, what are you doing? Why are you buying me food and why are you doing this? So we got to share with them, oh, we're with Theo's and we do this because of blah, blah, blah. So that was very good. <laughs> Actually, hang on. It sounds like to me that the plan kept going. It didn't actually stop. Didn't what you set out to do still happen? Yeah, it did happen, just not how we would have thought ah, it was going to happen. It didn't happen the way you yes, thought it would happen. Right. <laughs> ah, there you go. Um, did you just learn something? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> just in front of 200 people, that's all. <laughs> okay, uh, and that was my next question. Yeah, did you learn something? Yeah. I suppose I did. I learnt a lot, really, didn't I? <laughs> That's great. All right. Anyway, it's really good to have you home safe, Hannah, and uh, uh, thanks for sharing that with us. No. Just give Hannah a clap. <laughs> 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 
I think it, um, it sits well, doesn't it, with what we're trying to understand here about Joseph's life, but our life, this is real. Things we set out to do can change, but God's plan keeps working. It keeps working. Um, you know, this type of faith is a little different to uh, what most of us would think, I think. This faith where we actually see the bigger picture all the time. You know, there was a centurion that came up to Jesus and said, there's one of my workers is sick, he's paralysed, can you heal him? And Jesus uh, said to him, yeah, that's no, I, I could come. But he's, the uh, centurion says, no, you don't need to come, I know how this works. You just say the word and it'll happen. And Jesus' response is, I've never seen such faith like this in Israel. Um, there was a Samaritan woman that came to him and sat under the table. You know, and her daughter was sick and made a request to Jesus and said, and Jesus says, it's not your time. And her response is, but even the dogs get to feed under the table. And because of her faith and her belief, Jesus says, it'll be done. And there's this faith where we can see the bigger picture. Um, often we see faith as steps, little steps, like stepping onto a bridge. Faith and trust in the Bible tend to interrelate. We step onto something or we take a step out to do something. It's a one-off type of thing. But the faith we're talking about here is being faithful. And I love to flip this word around and go, it's full of faith. In every moment, we are in faith. We never leave it. And this is what uh, we see in Joseph's life, that he is faithful, full of faith. You know, there are a couple of things we can pick up from his life that are really helpful for us to make sure that we continue to contribute to the big dream. Um, in chapter 39, verse 2, we read this. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. That's Potiphar. If we drop down to verse 20, when he's in prison, it says, but while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him and he shown kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done. When we are aware that God is present, God is with us and that our focus is on Jesus, when hard times come, there's two things that happen for us. One is we remain sensitive to what is sin. We remain sensitive to what is sin. You know, Joseph had every reason to be upset with his situation, and particularly with what happened with Potiphar's wife. But in verse uh, 9 in chapter 39, he says, How could I do such a thing, such a wicked thing, and sin against God? The other thing that he uh, does is he remains faithful to bringing glory to God. So the cupbearer and the uh, baker are two guys that end up in prison with him. They have dreams. He interprets their dreams. 
And in chapter 40, verse 8, we read this, why are your faces so sad today? Do not interpretations belong to God. He has this gift where he can interpret dreams, we know this, but he doesn't bring it on himself. He points to the glory of God. Tell me your dream, he says. The same happens with Pharaoh in verse 16. I cannot do this. Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Joseph remains faithful to bringing glory to God. You know, Jesus says to us that he will be with us to the end of the age. God says to us in Deuteronomy that he will never leave us or forsake us. In Colossians 3.17, it says this, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Jesus, in the garden, Dad, I can't do this. But not my will, Dad. Yours. Your will. How do we remain faithful to God's dream we be aware of the fact that God is always with us. God is always with us. And we seek to glorify him always, not ourselves. I love the imagery Jesus gives about a seed falling to the ground. Unless a seed falls to the ground like this, there's no more life. And it can give much more life as well. That's one thing. Though our circumstances can change and certain privileges may be taken from us, our character and our giftedness, the plan God has for us, is not taken away from us. It remains and so to remain faithful to the dream, we need to continue to exercise our character and our, our giftedness. When we remain faithful to the dream, our character remains sensitive to others in need. And uh, sorry, our character remains and our sensitivity to others' needs stay intact. You know, in verse 8 of chapter 40, when um, Joseph points to the fact that God interprets dreams, it's beautiful where he says, Why are your faces so sad? Doesn't show his sensitivity to what's happening in people's lives. He had every reason not to be like that. He had such things done against him. In verse 14 of chapter 40, we read this, but when all goes well with you, he's talking to the cupbearer, remember me and show me kindness, just like I'm showing you. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land and off of the Hebrews, and even here I've been, uh, I have done nothing to deserve being in, in the dungeon. We drop down to 23, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him until years later. But Joseph continues to show compassion. Character is something 
we need to clothe ourselves with. It's a choice. Remember Joseph's colourful coat. (laughs) I like to think of it like that. You know, that passage we looked at in Galatians actually talks about us. We have clothed ourselves with Christ. In Colossians 3, 12, where we looked at earlier too, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Jesus is up on the cross. He's about to die. He's got the weight of the sin of the world on him. And he utters these words. When he saw his mother there, And the disciple whom he loved, standing nearby, he said, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. What compassion. What kindness. Where's the bitterness? The abandonment? The, what about me? Joseph continues to exercise his gift as well. God's plan for his life. He interpreted dreams. But it's a beautiful thing in verse, uh, chapter 45, verse 8, where those verse, words I spoke of earlier, where he talks about, God put me there, here. He actually says this. It actually says this. It was God who sent me here. He made me father to Pharaoh. Lord of the entire household, ruler of Egypt. And every place that Joseph ended up, that's the role he played. Whether it was in Potiphar's house, in the prison, in in, um, Egypt. He lived out his giftedness, what he was called to do. In 1 Peter 4.10 it says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. When times are hard, their hardest or their lowest, can we still show kindness and compassion? Are we still willing to serve others, to live out our giftedness, the things that God has called and planned for each of us to do? Or do we choose to withdraw to be bitter, to be angry. What about me? These things, clothing ourselves, they're high-vis, like Joseph's coat. Sorry, Glenn, I've still got my vest. (laughs) It's high-vis. It should be always on display our character, our giftedness, the things that we are called to do. How do we stay faithful to the big plan, the big dream, like Joseph did? We be aware of God. The Father, the Son, the Spirit is with us. Two, we seek to glorify God. Three, we clothe ourselves with godly character. 
and fall, we exercise our giftedness. We live out the plan God has for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege it is to be a part of your family. We thank you for this amazing plan that you've put in place for us all, for all of mankind. And we trust that today, as we head off from here, that we might reflect on your goodness for us, that you've done these things because you want us to be a part of your family for eternity. And we thank you for that. And we thank you that you've put this in place uh, through your son, Jesus Christ, who we want to honour and acknowledge here today and is the one that we have clothed our lives with. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen.